Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. A very wonderful afternoon out there in crypto land. CryptoTalkRadio.net returns with another episode. My name is Leister. I'm your host. Welcome if you're new. And I'm going to be focusing primarily on two projects today. Shib's ecosystem and Pepe, not Pepe 2.0, Pepe. The reason I'm focusing on those is because there's smoke around both of them. So I'm going to be putting energy there. Real quick, personal update. The little, you know, for those that don't know, they're new, right? There's an unwanted guest that took over my master. It's a rat, rather large one. And what happened was I put some traps, snap traps down there. And one rat ran by, and I it's smaller than the one I saw, so I'm thinking it's like a mom and kids thing. I don't know that because I've only seen the one at any time. But this one came running by, and it went to one of the traps. And I, I have a camera trained on this whole setup. Next thing I know, the trap snaps, and I see the rat do like a, it did like a 360 somersault in midair and then dashed off, you know, landed and ran off to the right. So... I don't know. These are dangerous traps. Like they'll take your freaking finger off. They're dangerous looking traps and danger. They're solid. And so I don't know how it avoided getting snapped. Well, it ran in front of the camera close enough that I could see there was a mark on the side of him right beneath his neck. And so I'm assuming that it got caught and he was able to slip out. Like, I don't know how that's possible though. I don't know. So this was a couple of days ago. So then last night, or early this morning, no activity whatsoever. Nothing hit the traps, nothing set off the camera. So either, you know, they said, okay, screw this. This ain't worth this. Or it caused irreparable harm to the guy and he ran off and, you know, died in not quite peace. I don't know. I'm going to check it again, the camera late this evening and early morning and see if it's finally a once and done. Now it's kind of moot because I plan to get the hell out of here. I have to book the van. I was going to book the van yesterday and I thought about it and I realized that even if I were to book the van, like the, the van, they give you seven days. So even if I were to book it, I still, you know, I still have to work. I still got stuff to do. So I figured, let me just go ahead and get to the weekend 
Then I'll book the van. I'll book the crates to move those up because that's a separate transaction. I need to find a way to ship my cars up, two of them. So I got to do all this stuff. Then I need a junk hauler. The junk hauler I can do same day. I'm not worried about it. But then I'll book the van like this weekend, get it here. If I, you know, I got to do an Uber to get down there, but get it here, start loading up the van so it's ready to go. And then once I get confirmation, once I get the cars picked up and confirmed, I'm pretty much good and I can get the hell out of here and all. Then just give the current place notice. You know, it's like, hey, I'm not giving you your 60-day notice. Screw you. I'm giving you a day notice or yeah, a day notice or whatever. Then I'll be out of here. The reason I don't give notice now is they'll it gives them the right to do showings. I don't want them to do showings. So that's my tentative plan in my head. I just had to pull the trigger. Meanwhile, I'm staying at a hotel. I have to, I'm staying through the hotel through Saturday. So I've got a Sunday morning checkout, I believe it is. So that's why I want to get the van over the weekend and just start this process next week. The problem is I'm probably going to need to do a little bit more on the hotel because I had planned, I didn't plan to, I didn't, I planned to be out of here sooner than this. Didn't really work out. So I got to figure all that stuff out because I don't have a place to sleep otherwise. So that's on deck. Now let's get into cryptocurrency. We're going to skip transition. We're going to look at some numbers first. There were some drops across the board. Two of them I'm going to be talking about. But let's focus on Ethereum first up. Ethereum went down, actually surprisingly so. But a lot of cryptocurrencies went down. And the speculation, the theory, the rumor and innuendo is that there are people who are dumping out their various tokens to buy into SHIB and more importantly, Bone. Bone went on a major run. Bone has been in the green pretty much all day long. Went on a run. It was down at like a dollar twenty some odd, and it's up to like a dollar forty now. I think it went as high as like a dollar forty five ish, hovering now at about one thirty nine. So it had a major amount of performance. Just to put it in perspective, anybody that went in strong could have made hundreds of dollars on just the runs that we saw. And these these are not large runs. They're actually small compared to what it could have been. If we weren't in a bear market, which we clearly are, if we weren't, the, the returns would be ridiculous. Like if, if I were in, if we were in the 2021 types of runs and they had this kind of a release, Jesus would easily be in the double digits, easily in the double digits. And so people that, that went all in, there are some people that bought when it dipped all the way down to like 50 cents earlier. And I said, it seemed like people were stacking. I noticed transactions when this run happened, people took profits People had like 26,000, 30,000 bone, which is, if I were them, now maybe they have a crap ton more, I didn't look. But if I were them, I would not have sold out that much on this. I would have sold a little bit, kept the rest in there, let it ride. Because it's clear that there's going to be more run-up. Now we have to see what happens overall in the market and in the business because the total market cap went down, back down to 1.05 trillion dollars again. So we lost a lot of money in cryptocurrency. So the money that we're, now seeing flowing into bone clearly is coming from other projects. It's not new money. And of course, Shibarium has been largely inside the bubble. You don't have outside awareness. So people don't know. They don't know that this is what it is. I still think it's a positive thing in the long term. And it's possible, not guaranteed, but it's possible. Because Shibarium is actually running. It's running blocks and people got their bone released and everything seems to be working. Although I did see some bugs with the uh, the scanner, because what happened is, and also the Shibarium site, what happened is on the scanner, it claimed like there was no transactions, even though we were midday and I knew that wasn't the case. And then there's a little button 
and you can click it and it refreshes and all of a sudden the transactions show up. Well, it's not supposed to do that. I think they did that as a mitigation step, but what that indicates is that they may still be having some problems. Separately, I heard through the grapevine that Rodney, aka Crypto Journey, Fudney, I guess they call him, apparently he had done some digging and found that the, uh, on a previous episode here at CryptoTalkRadio.net, I said that I found it really, really odd that you were starting to have performance issues on the Shibarium thing. And, you know, what's the point of a beta if you don't do enough testing and validation and verification for performance and everything's going to be good? Apparently, he did some digging and found that the server tier that they purchased was the mid-tier, not the max, not the enterprise. Well, they said it was the enterprise. They said it was the best that they could purchase. I said, I, I find that very difficult to accept. And I find it difficult to accept you wouldn't have known. So what happened here? So I don't, I didn't see this. I didn't see the transaction. I didn't do any digging. But if it's true that they cheaped out on this business just to embarrass themselves, that's already kind of shady and sketchy. Now, mind you, they'll never acknowledge any blame. They'll never acknowledge they did anything wrong. So we're never going to know. Frankly, all we can do as people who do coverage is talk about it. And many of the people that were previously the shill types they're now getting into kind of more technical coverage. They're doing more analysis coverage. They're doing more investigatory, like Leister here at CryptoTalkRadio.net has been doing since late 2021. I, I treat myself like a trailblazer. You know, I, I lay out the path, and these are like my children. They're following in the footsteps, and I can only be proud because anybody that's listened to me for a long period of time knows that that's what I've been doing since scratch. What I've been doing is to keep people safe. What I've been doing is to say, Let's take a step back and look at readiness and really scrutinize and not just go off FOMO or hype. Let's really scrutinize these projects and hold them accountable. And I think you're seeing more of that coming from cryptocurrency. And a lot of the, I don't want to call them jokers, but I'll call them jokers. A lot of the jokers that used to permeate and dominate places like Twitter, but not just Twitter, are gone. It's cleaner. You know, the, it, we still have kind of the sketchy business. You know, Dell Rogue Pool is still out there, et cetera. We still have the sketchy business. But by and large, it's a little bit cleaner than it was. We're never going to get rid of some of the outlaw mud show, you know, like on-chain. We're never going to get rid of some of these characters because they have an audience that likes that. But what we can do, what I can do, and what you can help me do is still lay the foundation. Show this is the kind of coverage we need in cryptocurrency. People who are serious about this crap, who are taking it serious who are putting it forward for you to help keep you safe and help inform you as opposed to shill you on a project. Hopefully you're sensing now that shift. You're still seeing the garbage out there. I'm not saying they're gone. They're never going to be gone. I'm saying that hopefully you're seeing the shift over. It took a while, but you're seeing a shift over into more serious coverage. So then looking at the long term, where are we at? Everything's hovering. It went down because, again, I believe it's Robin Peter PayPal. People dumped, you know, jumped out to jump into FOMO off of Bone when it was starting to climb. So everything else went red other than Bone pretty much. Even SHIB. Even SHIB went in the red. And people started freaking out. I don't think you should freak out. I think it's normal. I think it's natural. I think when everything else starts to run up, that it, it, they'll salvage. They'll salvage themselves. But for the short term, we were going to have this kind of a gutting effect because Shiverian was on everybody's mind. And I don't think there's anything wrong with this. So then looking at Coindesk.com, as I do, and zooming out to the month chart and looking at Ethereum, there's a high-level bearish indicator. Okay, great. But I also look at the graph. 
more red than green, which usually means we're headed downward. We had a major amount of sellout on the Ethereum side. Now, do I think it'll stay that way for the short term? Yeah. Do I think it'll remain beyond uh, maybe to September? No, I think in September we may have a run up. That's, that's my gut speaking. There's no technical behind this. There's no hard analysis. It's my gut speaking. It comes from two points. Number one, SHIB, right now, SHIB, Bone, they're still on the Ethereum chain. So it's possible that people that want to buy in just do it on the Ethereum chain. If you're using Coinbase Wallet, you're going to be using the Ethereum chain, not Shibarium, because Shibarium's not supported on Coinbase Wallet. It's not supported on Trust Wallet. It's supported on the crap that is MetaMask, but normal people don't use MetaMask on a routine basis because MetaMask openly said they violate your privacy. However, if you're a MetaMask user, you can get in Shibarium. Chances are, though, if you're going to do the regular swaps and everything else, you're going to use Uniswap on Ethereum. So it's possible that Ethereum benefits long-term from what's happening with Shibarium once it starts to get a little bit more confidence behind it, more people get in it. Remember, we haven't had the international crowd buying into this yet. So I believe September we may see a shift back towards the green, even if it's not a major run-up. Most of us still agree that the major run-up is due sometime late year, if not 2024 simply that it won't be the type of run-up that we experienced or expected before. It's going to take a little bit to go this way. I'm going to take a break from talking tokens and interrupt and give you a little bit of not really breaking news, but this was kind of obvious. It's something I predicted. I like to gather. Former President Donald Trump, who's currently being attacked in a court for trying to overturn an election, allegedly, Turns out his NFTs that he released a while ago that I did coverage and I said anybody who was buying in on these at some point is going to be made of, made a lot of money off these. Well, his NFTs started surging after he did an interview with Tucker Carlson. The irony of him doing the interview on Tucker Carlson is that Tucker Carlson was caught on tape trashing the former president behind his back and saying he really didn't, really didn't like him and didn't want to have to keep covering him. He does it because of ratings. Okay, and then now... Former President Donald Trump goes on Tucker Carlson at the same time as the Republican, you know, face-offs. And they tried to get Trump to go on the face-offs and just do that, do it because you need to be that face. You need to, and he said, you know, I'm already ahead 50, you know, I'm already ahead 50, what's the point? Okay, so then he goes on Tucker Carlson to try to steal ratings from these people, which looks like it worked because the video, which is only shown on X, formerly Twitter, went viral. 110 million views within hours of this because people were really interested in what the former president had to say. This then caused a run on the Donald Trump NFTs that he had out there that he claimed he didn't know anything about and some guy just presented it. This is off the heels of it being presented in a court proceeding that it turns out he has millions of dollars worth of cryptocurrency. Now, chances are he doesn't even know what he owns. He probably doesn't even know what holdings he has chances are somebody's just doing stuff for him as part of a diverse portfolio. Because when you're that super wealthy, you're not down in the low-level weeds. Like Melania, I guarantee somebody's coordinating that on her behalf. There's nothing wrong with this. Just something to be aware of that if you were getting, if you got in on those Trump NFTs back when I told you these are going to run at some point, especially with all the crap that's going on with him being dragged into court, if you got in, cool, because you made a pretty good amount of money on these things. Now, I'm not going to say that they're making a millionaire. They're not going to make you a millionaire because they're still down from some of the peaks prices that we saw, but you could have made a cool couple hundred bucks, especially if you got a number of them early on when he was selling it from the site, you could have made a pretty amount of money if you got a few of them. 
hopefully people won out on that one because any opportunity to make some some profit in a bear it can only be good. Speaking of bear, let's talk about the bear in the room, which is Pepe. Pepe, which went out of a nutso run that didn't make any damn sense, getting to billions and billions of dollars at one point and then crapping down to $400 million and then crapping down again. Very recently, some smoke came out. People thought that there was a major amount of dumping because people were selling to get into Shiv and to Bone. This is true that there were some of this, but also there was a major amount of dump because of some transactions people noticed with Pepe around a smart contract. In order to understand this, I need to give you a little bit of background about how the Pepe contract was initially built and how it was pitched. And they actually do have a telescam and there are developers behind it and they put this pitch out there around this. So what they did is when they set this up, they said it's a multi-sig wallet, which means multiple signatures are required. You can't, no one person should be able to dump out of this business. And there's no major whale holders in Pepe that would be part of the development team. I think they said that no one person holds more than 2.5% of the supply. So it was, they tried to build it in a way where it was near impossible, if not impossible, to be able to dump off this business. Well, recently, a user on X, formerly known as Twitter, identified that the multi-signature wallet, somebody had changed at the contract level. So there was a function inside of the contract that allows you to change the number of signatures required for the contract. Changed it from, I think they said it was supposed to be eight signatures total, changed it down to two instead of the total of eight. Now, it took five in order to do this, so there still was that confirmation in place at some point. But after this took place, now all of a sudden there's only two confirmations remaining. Zach XBT immediately jumps on the case, doing some digging, trying to figure out what's going on. As of the me recording this, nobody really knew exactly what happened, simply that we were able to confirm what did happen. The function was called. It changed the threshold. Now... Here's, the, here's where it gets kind of sh shady and sketchy. Zach XBT identified where money flew out after this took place. $6.5 million to Binance, $8.2 million to OKX, $434,000 to Bybit, $389,000 to Pepe to a different address. So now it's starting to get a little bit shady because now money's significant amounts of money is flowing out, presumably in contradict to the amount of holder wallets that you might have here. Some more digging was going on with this business, and it turns out there are people that say it's it's unlikely a rug because of the way that things were built. Chances are there's some reason nobody knows, but it's unlikely to be a rug in the in the definition of set. I would argue that if the devs, if any of the devs, which I believe they would have to be, because if five signatures were required, and these are the dev wallets that had to do the signatures, that means the devs were involved. If the devs were involved in something that causes a loss of value to the degree that we saw, by definition, it meets the rug pull standard. Yes, it does. What we don't know is why. And I think because they use telescam more than anything else, it's simply a gap in communication where they chose to do a thing without actually communicating what it was that they were trying to do. They correlated that, that one of the main central wallets that's on this business transferred the vast majority of its Pepe to the Binance exchange. I'm going to summarize this. I'm just breaking down everything that's happening here so that you have all the information that I have, and then you can make up your own mind about what's happening here. 
I did a little bit of digging. I didn't go super deep, but I was just looking for obvious weird things. And I noticed that there is an, a wallet, ZacharyTestaRugger.eth, and it created a contract just an hour and 30 minutes ago. And this contract, I, I find the name rather interesting, by the way, but this contract, this particular wallet, was one of the last ones involved with the Pepe contract when it did a transaction. Now, the transaction looks like it was supposed to have failed, as in it was not supposed to go through, but this just happened 40 minutes ago. The weird thing is what I know is sometimes people will try, nefarious actors will try to breach a contract, and so they're testing a couple of things. And so it got me thinking, perhaps, rather that perhaps this is either socially engineered or something happened where this contract was able to breach it somehow, to make it look like there was a multi-signature when really there was not. Doing some digging into the trace addresses, they actually go to static blank addresses, which is expected, long as we know who actually did the transaction. Without knowing who did the transaction, it's difficult to know if this truly was a nefarious actor versus an intentional thing versus an inside job. We simply don't know. I'm just sharing what I happen to notice in case somebody is interesting on the, interested to this. This uh, Zachary Tester Rugger, I find the name very interesting, and it was the last thing to interact with it when this all went down, and this just spun up just an hour and 30 minutes ago. I, that's a lot of smoke for me. My advice, and it's only my advice, is if you're in Pepe or have been in Pepe, I can't tell you what's going to happen. I can't tell you if it's safe. I can't tell you if it's clear. I can't tell you if it's going to pass. I can't tell you anything. What I can tell you are three things that I know for a fact. Number one, Pepe had to be in some way, I'm not making any definitive statement, I'm saying in some way, Pepe had to be instantiated and then later controlled by a group of central exchanges. Why do I know this for sure? Because this got listed on Binance pretty much fresh out of the gate, which is unheard of. Second, Binance holds a significant amount of supply. Third, with this transaction, we see a lot of Binance smoke involved in this business, as well as OKX. OKX has been involved in some shady business before. Bybit's been involved in some shady business before. And when I put it all together, all of the exchanges where money was recently transferred out to them were involved in some shady business at some point in the past for some other token project, which gets me thinking. I think, and it's only a theory, I think that for whyever this happened, for whyever there was this change of the wallets. The fact that money flowed to these various exchanges that were involved in shady business before tells me in some way they're involved in why this happened. This is my only theory. I'm just going to put it out as a theory and that's why I can't tell you what to do. I don't know what to think about it. I can only tell you there has to be some involvement with these exchanges. They're not, their hands are not clean on this one, I don't think. And I don't know what will happen I don't think it'll be a rug pull, like a squid game, something. I don't think it's that that level, but I do think it's very shady. I do think it's very sketchy, and I do think it's concerning to see it happen to this degree and to this level. I also know that some of this was because of SHIB and because of Shibarium. And so you're going to have to make up your own mind about what you do about it if you're in the Pepe ecosystem. The last thing I'll mention before I wrap up here today, Shibarium appears to be functional. Shibarium appears to be Processing blocks seems to be stable, at least for the moment. We don't know how long that's going to last either. 
We're still in the bear market, and we expect to be out of the bear market here soon. But right now, we're not out. We're still middling. But with Shibarium's launch, it also opens up the same risk. I talked about this on Twitter. The same risk that you experience with Ethereum and with Binance, which is the risk of scammy projects. I'm not going to say fraud. I'll say scammy projects. Projects that look like they're legit. They spin up legit. They pitch you and sell you on whatever, only to end up either failing because they're incompetent or rug pulling you. Either way, be careful. If you're going to get in Shibarium, I'm not telling you not to. I'm just saying if you're going to get in it, be careful because it is going to be right for those scams because it's another place for scammers to go. I'm even talking about airdrops, sketchy airdrops. I'm sure you've seen it. If you've looked, you probably have some sketchy garbage NFTs that you didn't ask for and they're scams. You can't delete them because that's the way the blockchain works. Anybody can send you whatever. There's nothing you can really do about it. So I'm going to say if you decide to get into Shibarium, be careful. If you decide to play in Pepe, be careful no matter what you do because this is going to be a pivotal moment, I think. I think it's going to be a pivotal moment where we're going to start seeing the rubber meet the road on a lot of this business and something terrible could happen as a result of all of this. Remember, you, uh, your family, a roof over your head, food on your table, all the important things aren't going anywhere. Don't, please, I'm asking, not telling, don't throw all your money into anything. If you're going to get in cryptocurrency, make sure it's money you're cool losing because there's all bets are off. You can't guarantee anything in any of this. However you choose to play it, whether you day trade or you long it or you short it or you stake it or validate it, whatever. Whatever you choose to do is what you choose to do. I'm just saying it's going to get harder before it gets easier. This is a whole different world of crypto than what we saw in 2021. 2021, people had it easy. People think, I can't say it will or won't, people think that we may be headed for another set of lockdowns. People think that we may be headed for another set of, of refusal for things stuck in the arm. I don't know about that one. I do know that that played a factor in some of the runs we saw. So we don't know what's going to happen. But there's one constant. Just be careful and thoughtful about what you choose to get into and why. Because all bets are off in the new world of cryptocurrency. We don't know what things are going to be or where they're going to go. It could very well be that Bone on the Shiba ecosystem turns into that next polygon. And just to give the reference right now, you know, bone is like what a dollar forty or whatever, and so then Polygon, you know, let's say it went up to twenty bucks or thirty bucks or something, okay, but it didn't last, didn't stay up there, and it went down less than a dollar. That's my point. Is could be that it doesn't sustain, and we get right back to a groove, and nothing changed really for the better. Could be that Bone goes on a major run like Binance, BNB. Do I think that happens? No, but it's possible, and so. It's more of a gamble. Everything's more of a gamble. That's my point. It's all a gamble, and it's getting worse over time. So caution, being careful, and just being patient, and understanding that sometimes you're going to miss out on those risks, unless you're the gambler, and I celebrate you for being it. But I do think that it's a different world in cryptocurrency than it was, and you're going to have to make smarter decisions <laughs> about what you do, and I can't tell you what to do. Nobody really can because I don't know your position, nor should I. It's all going to be on you and what makes sense for you. What makes sense for you is not what some YouTuber says makes sense to you. And if you notice, a lot of the YouTubers are losing, you know, their traffic. It's not that they're losing followers. 
but the amount of people that dial in to watch their coverage is going down. And some of that is because of the way they are, but I argue that some of that is the shift. We've, we've lost money in cryptocurrency, but we've also seen a shift in tolerance. Pepe had its run, but the vast majority of that was not. There was FOMO, but the vast majority was not retail FOMO. The vast majority of this was wealthy people dumping in it and then treating everybody as extra liquidity on the way out. Same with Pepe 2.0. So if we accept that as true, and I can't say 100%, but that's what I saw. If we accept that as true, what does that mean? It means that the so-called meme seasons and all the other ones, they're no longer able to hook and fish people and take their money on a rampant basis like we saw before. Notice we're not seeing a lot of these rebase garbages coming up. We haven't even heard of anything like it, and the vast majority of the ones out there are either dead or dying. I haven't seen anything from the Thorium ecosystem whatsoever. I haven't seen anything from Titano. We know Seifu's dead. We know the vast majority of the rebase ones are dead or dying, and no new ones are spinning up. Remember, that was hot and heavy before, and it's not hot and heavy now. So they're not able to hook people, and they know it. And so Shibarium creates another opportunity to trap people. This is why I say be careful, because Shibarium is just another playground for people to spin up garbage contracts. It's actually very easy. And because it's a layer two, pretty much any Ethereum contract is going to work, which means they don't have to work hard to get on that. My advice, big picture, the core coins can never steer you wrong. I, I maintain this. Bone has now become a core coin on a different chain, but it has now become a core coin. As such, it now has that singular value and focus. It now in, is now inclusive of everything else with the Polygon Matic and the Phantoms and the AVAX and everything else. And I think it should be considered as part of your divorce portfolio, even if you never looked at it before. Because at worst, at absolute worst, maybe later, Shibarium does take off and becomes a thing. And there's something you want to get in and you need the gas over there. You're going to want bone because it's the only way to do the transactions. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm saying if you choose to get there, that's something to think about. What can it hurt at this point? That'll do it for today's Crypto Talk Radio episode. I want to thank you for listening today. We know you've got choices. CryptoTalkRadio.net, if you would, we would appreciate. At the very top, we have a contact form. Fill that out. Let us know what your thoughts are. If we're doing great or something you don't like, we always love to hear from our listeners. If you don't mind spreading the word, we would also appreciate that. If you think other people would benefit from the type of coverage that we do, we work hard to try to be different than every other type of podcaster or YouTuber that's out there. So hopefully we're on track with that. Finally, our YouTube channel, of course, is at Basic Cryptonomics. If you want to find us on there, those are dedicated, specific, exclusive types of episodes. So you'll hear things there that you won't hear on the podcast and vice versa. Check us out there for more quick and dirty coverages. Until next time, take care.